Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's program. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, a Calvary Chapel Fellowship. We're celebrating 20 years. I don't know if you knew that or not. This is our 20-year anniversary. We're talking a little bit about it uh, in our staff meeting today and getting ready for um, a big celebration the week before Christmas. Um, So we're going to have a big 20-year anniversary. Frank, you need to be there. You're a big part of this 20 years. Kevin, you've been here almost all 20 years. What? You came in the school, right? In the school you were here, so that's at least 13 years. Your mom was here almost from the beginning. So at any rate, 303-690-3000 is the number taking your calls and your questions. When did you start coming, Kevin? I'm curious. What year did you start coming? You have to think about that. So, okay, so 19 years. No, 13 years. Yeah, okay. We're talking through the, we're talking into the producer, uh, into the producer booth, um, but he thinks 2006. So that's thir- that's about when we moved into the building. Um, and, you know, we've been posting things. I've been posting things uh, as Flashback Fridays, just pictures of the church, where we've come from, you know, in the church world today, there's always talk about big church, little church, your mega church, or those types of things. But I, I don't think in those terms. Um, we've experienced uh, the real church of Jesus at every stage. And Calvary Church started actually before me. Uh, and by the time we um, uh, by the time we arrived here in Colorado, uh, it was already a church established for probably about uh, seven months. And then that fellowship was handed over to my leadership, and in that uh, leadership, we launched uh, Calvary Chapel Aurora as its own church, new name, new logo, everything, and uh, we've been going now for 20 years, and that first Saturday night, we probably had about 30 people in attendance, and I think on our first Sunday morning, we probably had 50 people in attendance, but you know, there also have been times in the life of this church where only four people showed up uh, for Bible study because of the weather and stuff. And, and uh, it just, it's a glorious thing to be a part of what God is doing. And I just want to speak to anyone, you know, any of the pastors listening in, or perhaps you're a part of what you consider a smaller church. It, it's exactly the right size. It is what God is doing. It's what God's doing in that fellowship, in that community of believers. And if we really believe uh, if we really believe that Jesus Christ builds his church, then the size of our church is up to him and not to us. What he's looking for us is faithfulness, to be faithful to the call of God upon our lives, to be faithful in our obedience to him, uh, to be faithful in um, you know, walking in humility, walking in uh, love, 
walking in grace. And uh, so we're just grateful to be a part of uh, being here 20 years. So give me a call. I see the phone lines uh, filling up already. Thank you, thank you. You can also text me. I have a dedicated texting line uh, for Calvary Live. It's 720-336-0897. We're going to go to Tampa, Florida. Debbie's on the line. Debbie, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? All getting all suntanned and playing on the beach. <laughs> What's going on? Um, well, I'd just like um, to have some prayer for the U-Turn for Christ that's getting started up down here. Yes. So give us a little update, because you've been emailing me, and, and uh, you guys have been emailing me, but um, give an update for people that are listening. First start where you guys you guys were here for how many years, then God took you to Florida. Like, Kind of give us a little update of your life. Yeah, um, well, he transitioned us down here and then uh, plugged us into... Um, the right church where he wanted us, and they um, approached Jim about um, starting up a U-turn for Christ down here because there's there's such a need. And um, of course, we prayed, and we feel that that's why God brought us down here. And so, you guys have land. I mean, we're talking. We're not talking about a most excellent way ministry. You're you're talking about a live-in um, addiction recovery house for men, correct? And, and yes. so you guys have land already? Well, um, they were actually supposed to close on it. Um, we have, uh, we're purchasing 20 acres down here, and um, they were supposed to close today, but they um, postponed it until Friday. Okay. And so is Jim there with you? What? Is Jim with you? Home. <clears throat> okay, because I was I was thinking that maybe Jim can call back. Ask him when you see him to, to call back, and I, I think his story would really be an encouragement to people listening of just the various steps that the Holy Spirit has taken you guys uh, in your life. So I'd love to um, I'd love to share that story. Okay. All right. So, Father, I just pray God for this new U Turn for Christ in Florida. Um, you, you know that you moved uh, Jim and Debbie to Tampa for such a time as this, and now these doors are opening. I pray for the finalization of this land and all that's needed with the property. It reminds me also to pray for the U-turn down in Florence, Colorado, and uh, even some of the people that are there. Um, you know, There's one young man there that we're very close to, and we just pray you would continue to do a work by your Holy Spirit in his life and in the men there, that there would be a tremendous power of walking in the Spirit and walking in the victory that's already ours. So bless Jim and Debbie. Continue to bless these years, especially in these latter years of their life, God, that their latter years would be more fruitful than their earlier years. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed. See you, Debbie. Bye-bye. Bye. Very exciting things. Jim and Debbie were a part of this church for a long time, and uh, uh, their son Travis uh, comes along with his family. And um, you know, Jim and Debbie were very um, just just the faithful couple, just serving their hearts out behind the scenes. Got very involved with most most excellent way, and then the Lord through a series of events. And in the last couple of years, we've had a lot of people take off with their in in. Not necessarily retirement, but in these latter years. Uh, we got somebody to go to Kentucky. You had a few families, Kentucky, Tennessee, Florida, Texas, Texas. And um, 
Jim and Debbie went out to Florida, established themselves there, and and now so quickly uh, going to be starting a, a U-turn for Christ. So pray for them, would you? Don't forget them. 303-690-3000. Nick in Westminster, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing very good. Hey, I just want to say thank you very much for Micah Clay Camp and uh, Pure Life Ministries. It's, uh, it's an amazing uh, ministry going on in your church, and uh, it changed my life. Praise God, so, he's a good man. And uh, I have a question for you. Okay. Um, so my belief in the rapture is that it's imminent. It can happen anytime uh, from here till whenever, right? Okay, yes. Uh, that, that's, that's, but what about Matthew twenty four fourteen when it says the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come? Well, you, so, when you remember uh, Matthew chapter 24, you've got, to, you've got to bring in the context of who Jesus is talking to, and, and he's, he's not referring to the rapture, he's referring to the second coming there, uh, and the end of the age. And so let me get there with you real quick here, just to make sure that I'm with you. So, you know, one of the things that we need to, we need to recognize is the difference between the second coming of the Lord and the rapture. There are two yeah. different events. And, I agree. And so from the, the chapter in Matthew 24 is answering a series of questions that were actually asked in depth in Luke chapter 21. They wanted to know the sign of Jesus' return. Uh, so there, there hasn't been a tremendous distinction at this point in the life of Jesus to give, the, to give instruction on the, um, on the rapture, but instead of the end of the age. Uh, and so as they ask the questions, <clears throat> the disciples are bothered, you know, they're looking at this, and, and he's, he's talking about those times that mark the end of the age, not those times that lead up to the rapture. Gotcha. Okay. And you said what was the questions he was answering? I Luke know, chapter twenty one, uh, verses okay. twenty to twenty four. Twenty twenty one. Uh, you know, Jesus. Jesus had just told them that the temple is going to be destroyed, and they wanted to know when. Um, when's going to happen? You know, how's that going to happen? And the temple is going to be. Uh, in the last seven years, the, the final temple that's going to be constructed as a part of the prophetic picture will be constructed in the last seven years of human history that we know as the Great Tribulation. Now, it might exist before uh, the rapture. We're not told in the specific timing. You know, the, If you go to Israel with us, we'll take you to the Temple Institute. Those guys are ready to rebuild it in, in a second um, and, and actively stirring up strife up on the Temple Mount to try to get it done. <clears throat> The, these are the end of the age, not necessarily. Uh, Jesus isn't speaking the the time period up to the rapture. That's in different places. I, I agree with everything that you were saying. So I, I really appreciate that. And, All right, man. Uh, again, thank, thank you for Pure Life Ministries, man. It, it, like I said, it changed my life. I'll pass Everybody, it on to Micah. Uh, he's um, he's a real blessing to our church. Oh yeah, he is. He is. Uh, I'm, I'm constantly calling him and talking to him. He, he's Good. a great accountability partner. Good. All right, man. Thank God bless you. Pastor. you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Let's go over to oh, Sacramento. Dan calling from Sacramento, California. Dan, welcome to the program. Uh, thanks, Pastor Ed. Um, yeah, I got a question about uh, cremation. Okay. Um, you know, when, when Jesus, when he, when he said that the dead will rise first, Yes. 
during the rapture? What what if a person gets cremated and their ashes are scattered out into the wind? Yeah, that's a that, a co- that's a great question. You know the uh, what my pastor you first of all the Bible does not prohibit uh, cremation, uh, even okay. though the the practices of uh, the Jewish people was was primarily burial. Uh, they place great significance on burial and the bones. There's really no instruction um, in the scriptures of what to do with a dead body, um, especially in the New Covenant. Uh, and Pastor uh-huh. Chuck Smith used to tell us that uh, he used to teach us that cremation does in you know 30 minutes, I forget the time period, but cremation does in 30 minutes what natural processes do in 30 years. And, and you know, there are even ex- examples of, on, on, in the unfortunate case of a loss of life, that sometimes there's a loss of life in fire, and so that destroys the body, or in perhaps in a way where the body is dismembered, or in some way um, not uh, natural, not normal, you know, unusual. And right. we know that God is able no matter what the condition of the body, because the body came from ashes. Like, he was able in the, in the beginning in Genesis to fashion a body out of the dirt. So will he also be able to fashion a body out of what's, um, at what's left of a body that's been decomposed? Okay. Thanks, Pastor Ed. Uh, You're welcome. I do, have a, I do have a prayer request. Okay. Um, both... My wife and I, we uh, quit our careers. I was in the field of electronics, and my wife, she was an IT uh, specialist with the oil industry, and we both decided to uh, stop our careers and start truck driving. So we're both uh, um, truck drivers um, nationally. She's She's in training right now for the next eight weeks. And she's she's a little intimidated by these big rigs. I bet but, I would be. But she's but but she's doing very well right now. Oh, I just like that. I would just like to have you uh, a prayer for um, our safety and um, and guidance. Well, let's uh, do that. Our, okay, Father, I pray for this new direction uh, in my brother's life and along with his wife. I, I think I too would be very intimidated. Uh, by driving a big rig. And yet at the same time, and I can think back in things that I've been intimidated in where you have helped me overcome that. And so I know you're going to do that in Dan's wife's life as they, as they launch off in a new season, a new career, uh, a new opportunity to re- meet different people in different places and share the good news of the gospel with them. And, and so I just pray you would give favor in the training, you would give favor in the testing so that uh, in this new season, God, you would show yourself strong on behalf of this family as they provide for the needs of their family uh, in doing something new and just totally stepping out in faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again, Pastor Ed, and God bless you. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. All right. So we went from one side of the country in Florida all the way over to Sacramento, and now we're going to Baltimore. So let's go and pick up Chris in Baltimore, Maryland, Baltimore. Uh, your name's not Baltimore. Chris, you're on the air. <laughs> hey, that'll be me. What's up, man? How you doing, Pastor? Um, I'm, I'm doing great. Um, so I had a question. Um, I was wondering, I understand, of course, that uh, 
you know, 666 is the mark of the beast, the devil. But what is the actual, does the Bible break down the significance of what the number is? What does it really mean? No, it, the Bible really doesn't give much, except in, in Revelation chapter 13, um, that somehow the number is a clue to the identity of the beast, uh, and it, that it's a number of a man, and his number is 666, but it doesn't really give us much more than that than what's given in Revelation 13. I was, yeah, so my, my thoughts were maybe it had something to do with, because it's a numerical, you know, it's numerical, maybe it had something to do with the time period, 666 day or decade or whatever of, you know, a particular time period. Well, I, I mean, I have to say that uh, they are, there, there have been over the years all kinds of, um, <clears throat> all kinds of conjecture and guessing on what it is, but uh, we don't know until he's revealed. All right. Well, one of the, one of the uh, mysteries until we uh, get up there, right? For That's right. Questions. It's it's a mystery, but man, you know what? Um, I think that I'm always reminded in times like this that that when we think of that number, that as believers, we're not to be looking for the Antichrist; we're to be looking for Jesus Christ. All right. All right. God bless you. I won't take up any more of uh, time. I'm sure you have other callers. Yeah, no problem. All right, thanks very much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions, uh, knowing that uh, the Lord is just so well-pleased with our desire to seek Him and to grow in Him and to learn from Him and learn about Him and and what a joy to abide in Him, uh, to uh, be strengthened in Him. So, 303-690-3000. And let's see here, what do we got here? We're going to go to Doug in Arvada, Colorado. Doug, welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor Ed. How are you doing today? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. I got a... Just a couple quick questions. Okay. I've been reading Genesis lately, and um, and I was, I I just was wondering what your thoughts might be on Genesis six three and okay. Genesis twenty one one. Okay, so uh, the it says in Genesis three. Uh, well, let's six. just start in verse one. It says, "Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them." that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, and they were beautiful, took wives for themselves, <clears throat> of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, and yet his days shall be 120 years. And so to me, verse 3 is God saying that man will not live forever, and neither will God strive with him for all eternity, and that there's yeah. a general statement. It, it's not an absolute statement, but it seems to be a general statement that a lifespan at that time would be about 120 years. From then on out or something. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of in the progressive revelation of God, you know, as sin continues to produce, there's a special wickedness here. You know, there's a lot of controversy on chapter 6, but a special wickedness, because the Bible says in verse 5 that when the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Yeah, you know there there's a a special 
uh, growth or a, a unique growth in sin that they're not going to be able to sin forever. Uh, and yeah, and it seems that that the generations, you know, 120 years is is about as old as people are getting. You know, very rarely are they getting that old now. Um, yeah, I was just reading an article. Um, it was a scientist scientific article, and it they were talk, discussing that um, they don't see um, men being able to live past 115, even though I think somebody was recorded at 117. Oh, but I just yeah. thought that was interesting that I was reading that article, and then I read that, and I just thought I would ask that. And then the other question was uh, 21.1, and I think I might have answered that myself just because, I mean, I read it in—I read the King James Version. Yes. And um, when I was looking this up so that I would have it um, in front of me when I talked to you, okay. it came up with another version, and they sort of said it in a different way. But the King James Version— it says, and the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken, for Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken of him. And for just a brief second in my mind, it sort of made me think, did the Lord, um, in you know, um, con- uh, allow Sarah to conceive like he had done Mary? Um or, you know, because it really doesn't say, okay, then Abraham and Sarah, you know, then, you know, got together and conceived, kind of, you know. Um, but then when I read it in the other version, um, it sort of laid it out a little different, you know, like um, it didn't really say it that way. Yeah, I like, uh, I like the New Living Translation on this that helps to clarify what happened. And I think... Con- yeah, the when, NIV, yeah. Uh, actually, it's the I'm using the NLT, so the, oh, okay. N- the NLT says... The Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. Yes, the NLT. Okay, I see that. Yes. And okay. then it, it says she became pregnant and she gave yeah. birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. And so yeah. one of the things we need to do that helps in context is backtrack in Genesis to the promise. And yeah. the promise yeah, was that they would come together and yeah. and they would have sexual relations together and that that child will be Abraham's seed and remember their response to that was they you know Sarah laughed, ha, laughed. there's yeah, no way when he yeah visited and and Abraham fed him and yeah yeah and, and well thank you so much I appreciate that I think from now on I won't be so hasty to make a decision on the King James version maybe I should uh dig a little bit further in you know in what some of the other versions are saying and um, you say you like that N- NLT version. Yourself. Yeah, I've been I've been actually using the NLT version uh, for our study in the Book of Daniel because the the language is just so relatable uh, and and really helps. Although you know I'm so used to the New King James, that's what I've used for 20 years, and yeah. uh, and so. Uh, but I want I I did want to say even though it happened by accident, uh, I do want to say that that is always a helpful tool. When you look at each uh, at different um, passages uh, like that in different versions and dig just a little bit deeper, because to ask the question like that is not bad, you know, because the interpretive process is making observations of the text, then asking questions of the text, and then answering those questions from the context. Yeah. And so we see, you know, we see here. Um, let, let me go back to the New King James, uh, what I normally use, 
and just kind of look at it for the sake of people listening in. So in Genesis 21, the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham. So it's even clearer in the New King James that she bore Abraham a son in his old age. Yes, okay, I'm with you. And yeah. and so, but but to slow down like you did and ask the right, those questions are great because it's through the questions that we ask that we really hone down that one interpretation. There's only one. There's only one interpretation of every text. Um, we may get it or we may not get it, but we know there's only one meaning to every text. <coughs> yes, thank you. Um, I just want to um, give you um, a shout of exhortation. I, I really um, thank you and appreciate everything that you do for with you know the Lord. Um, the um, you know I, I was a little bit um, backslidden and I came across. Uh, race fm and now i listen to that almost all day long and um for the last six months now i've been going to uh westminster calvary so i'm starting to get myself hooked up again and the lord is doing all kinds of stuff in my life and i just read um a book called um i just read a book called uh, every man's battle and i'm and the lord is helping me on my sexual purity and and I never would have thought that I could have, you know, that he would have, that I would be where I'm at, you know, even in just this little bet time back with him again, you know. Well, welcome so home, my brother. So and you, you landed in a very good, strong fellowship with Pastor Jeff and his team up there. Yeah, he's a he's a great, great, great guy. Um, I, if, if I don't ever meet you down here, I look forward to um, meeting you up there. I, you know, it's either here, there, or in the air. Yeah. <laughs> God bless you, brother. Okay, Brent. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Let's see. Oh, man. Let's see Dave here. We got time for the update from Dave and Conifer on his firewood ministry. Give us the update, Dave. I'm calling in with praise report, Pastor Ed. Yes. Uh, last Sunday, uh, Saturday was our event, and we had over 240 volunteers from neighboring churches and their communities. And we had between what was donated from another uh, source and what we split that day, we have, I think, close to 80 cords of wood. And that's about three-quarters of what we give away each year. So it's our kickoff to the year, and it was, it was fabulous. And I just, I just want to thank God for that because, you know, as, as I serve him, the more I serve him, the more I realize that I, I'm just witnessing it. Um, you know, I, I, man plans, but God laughs. And, and I worry, but God works. <laughs> and uh, I just sat and, and watched him at work, and it's always a, a privilege to be to see that. And the more I do that, the more I, I look in anticipation rather than worry. So I just had to call in and thank you for your donation and also to let you know that it was, it was a great success. Hey, we're, we are blessed to be a part of it, and uh, thanks for giving us the update. Thank you. You have a great day now. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, some of you will remember, Dave, he called in, um, I don't know, maybe a month ago or so, and was sharing with us how they provide firewood to those that are in need up in the conifer colorado area and um got a good friend warren that lives up in conifer and uh, our friend pastor ryan who's pastoring the calvary up there in evergreen in that region and so a lot of neat things happening in that area of the mountains here in colorado and uh, i I was just reminded we're going to get to a break in a second but you know i was reminded of a passage uh where Jesus said that even if we give a cup of cold water uh, in his name, 
you know, we are, we, 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 what we, and what we think is insignificant is, is very significant in the eyes of the Lord. Um, he says, whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of water in my name, in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. And, um, I, I think, um, I think it's a blessing to be used of the Lord in these last days. I'm going to read to you guys when we get back because we're coming up on the break here, uh, right against our only hard break. But I'm going to read you another passage uh, in Matthew 25 when we get back. My name is Ed Taylor. Got an open line, 303-690-3000. You're listening to Calvary Live right here, originating from Aurora, Colorado. Shout out to everyone listening in around the country. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back again to Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Taking your calls and questions. We got an open line, 303-690-3000, 3,000 is the number <clears throat> we have a well the line's not open anymore but you can uh, text me 720-336-0897 uh, I just got this text in Pastor Roger Arend A-U-R-A-N-D he's a retired pastor from North Christian Church in Cheyenne, Wyoming passed away last night after a long battle with cancer Please keep his family and flock in your prayers. So, Father, I pray for this family, the Aaron family and the fellowship family at North Christian Church in Cheyenne uh, through this deep loss uh, and difficult loss. Uh, I I know uh, theologically, I know biblically that uh, Roger's in your presence right now, but I also know theologically and biblically that there's a lot of, of sorrow and sadness surrounding his loss. And God, I thank you for using Roger and bringing the gospel to so many for his tireless efforts and ministry uh, to Cheyenne and the community, surrounding communities. Thank you for his family and their sacrifice as pastors. Uh, thank you for even being retired. That um, It sounds like he served a very long time. And may you uh, bring comfort and encouragement to all those involved in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's go over to Stephanie on line two. Stephanie's in Aurora, Colorado. Stephanie, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you? Good. What's up? I'm good. I was um, stuck in traffic and just doing a little listening, and I had a question for you. Okay. Um, So last night I was doing a little bit of reading out of Genesis 11, Okay. um, reading about the Tower of Babel, and I was wondering if you had any insight as to why um, God comes down, sees the tower, doesn't like it, and scatters people across the earth. Yeah, that's um, a, that just doesn't really make sense to me. So have you? Okay, so let's, to, let's talk about this for a little bit. Okay. Um, have you ever been to another country for a long length of time where you didn't speak the language? Yes, actually, I have. <laughs> and and was was that a comfortable experience or an uncomfortable experience? Well, it was uncomfortable at first, but you slowly kind of. I mean, you learn the language. Right. Slowly. Well, you learn enough to get by, I guess. Yeah. In some cases, like for example, um, 
you know, when I went when I went to Cairo, Egypt, Arabic was very hard to grasp in a, in a week and a half. So, you know, we got thank you and hello, uh, and I st- I don't remember it. So that was hard. Uh, even uh, what was helpful was they put the signs in English, and so I had an immediate connection point. And the reason I asked that is because remember, chapter eleven opens up. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. Yeah. Can you imagine for a moment? What a wonderful thing it would be if today we traveled to any other country, even with all the different cult. They kept all their cultural designations, but we all spoke the same language. Um, I don't know if I could imagine it. But it would be awesome. Could, yeah, it would be. So that's how good it was during that time. Yeah. And then all of a sudden in chapter 11, it says, they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them. Let us build ourselves a city. Let us make a name for ourselves so that we're not scattered abroad over all the face of the whole earth. And then when God comes down to see what they had built, he doesn't, it's not the tower that gets his attention because the tower was basically a a common, um, I think they called it a ziggurat uh, with a Z. And it was a common uh, place for false idolatrous worship, and the idea between what the idea behind what they built is exactly what they're saying here. Their desire was to bring God down to a place of their level, and ah. and have a place of worship where they're going to do things for themselves. They're going to make a city for themselves. They're going to have their own worship system, and because of the unity of that language, it was at the Tower of Babel. That it says that the, because of their because of their um, ability to do you know bec- their ability to do so much because they connected with the right language, language was shifted here as the Lord scattered them verse eight abroad from all over the face of the earth, and that's when they stopped building this city. And awesome. and so Babel just means confusion and brought God would have none of this. I mean, we do this in our own, you know, it's a great picture. We kind of build our own little kingdoms, we build our own little worship systems. We do our own little thing thinking, oh, you know, this is going to bring me closer to God. I'm going to I'm going to bring God down to my level in, instead of allowing God himself to come to my level, right? Because there's only one way that God meets man. There's only one way, it's through his son Jesus Christ. Yep. It, it's not through our human efforts. It's not through our human ingenuity, and we get the first hint of that um, when it comes to the proliferation of man and the ability to what man can do when they're united. You know, the devil knows the same truth. The devil understands the power of unity because uh, Jesus taught us that, because he's always sorting seeds of confusion and division, because Jesus taught us that a house divided cannot stand. And so that's really what's happening at Babel. It's really not the building or the tower as much as it's the people behind the tower. Yeah, okay. Amazing. Thank you. And, you know, one more thing. It kind of speaks to us. I was just talking to my daughter about this. Um, It kind of speaks to us about the motives of the heart because we can do something that might be good with the wrong motives. And and that's, you know, there's going to be a group of people, actually, their whole life, doing things that are good, even in the name of God, but their hearts are disconnected, and they're going to meet Jesus one day, and he's going to say, depart from me, workers of iniquity, I never knew you. And it's going to be shocking to them, because somewhere along the way, they forgot how they rejected a relationship with Jesus, and they did it on their own. 
Well, that answers my question. <laughs> right, great question. Thanks for calling. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'll see you tonight. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Some really good insights and questions today. Ah, we've got, let's see who's next. Sandra in Denver, Colorado. Sandra, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Hey, Sandra, before Hi. you ask a question, how's your daughter doing? She's doing well. She in school? Yeah. No, she graduated from college uh, three years ago. Um, <laughs> you, hey, you guys, you guys haven't been gone that long, have you? Uh, probably. Yeah, yeah. Probably. So, yep. So she's Which, still looking for that teaching position, but I okay. think the Lord has led her into. Uh, so she's coaching. So okay. she's enjoying that. She's coaching volleyball at her old high school. So uh. she's liking that quite a bit. Well, to have an influence on kids' lives and, and to have that as a believer in the public school system is a special treat. Yes, absolutely. So okay. I keep praying that the Lord would get her a teaching position because I know He could use her mightily in, yep. the, uh, in the public school system. Yes. Yep. Well, good. She right. did a long-term sub-assignment there last year, but... Cool. I had to pray for her every day because she'd come home with a lot of horror stories. Yeah, I just like, talked oh, to a, a sister in our church that just retired from the public school system, and and uh, while she had a lot of great stories, she also uh, ministered to a lot of kids along the way, just um, a lot of exactly. kids. Praise so God. Broken. Yeah. All right, what can I do for you, Sandra? Okay, I had, this must be your day for questions in Genesis. Okay. So. I had a couple questions um, that have come up recently, and I just okay. wanted to get your thoughts on them. So, um, about creation in the in the seven days. Yes. Um, so this was an interesting topic I had at a woman's um, Bible study. Okay. I thought, well, I'm going to see what you think about it. Right. Was you know to the Lord we talk about it's every a year is like a thousand years to Him in His time. Yes. You know. So could it be the same with creation? Uh, well, they weren't actually 24-hour days. They were a 1,000 years per day before yes. he rested. Well, that that's a, that's we a really good discussing. question. And so yeah. the answer is, could it be? Yes. Yeah. But from the context, I don't think it is at all. Um, okay. Because the Bible is pretty clear um, where he describes this over and over again. For example... Uh, we'll just go to Genesis in verse 3. Uh, it says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the night, or the light day, and the darkness he called night. And then he describes the day for us in language that we exactly understand. So evening and morning were the first day. And so while you, you're, it's true that you could say, as Peter does later, that in, in a, for, for the Lord a day is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day, but what Peter's really saying is that God is timeless. He's, he's using right. a figure of speech to give timelessness, and then we come back to the Hebrew in Genesis, each time it's day and night, day and night, mm. day and night, okay. to describe the specificity of the fact that I believe they were I believe the Bible teaches they were 24-hour days. It's, it, it is a theory that has been you know, propagated, um, but the reality is, is that it's only, it's only really a, 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 a recent 
type of theory that's come about to try to explain um, the some of the the findings or the supposed findings of evolution. So no, I don't I don't think they're thousand year eon days. I think they're t- literal twenty four hour days. And that's what I was thinking too. But I thought, well, <clears throat> see what you thought about it. Yeah, that's and a good question. A though. Couple other quick questions that came up too. Okay. That I thought were thought provoking. Yes. Were, one was. Um, when the serpent spoke to Eve, yes. since she doesn't seem surprised by that, the question came up, do you think that the animals were able to talk to people? Because she's not like, whoa, you know, like we would be. She doesn't seem shocked that he's the serpent speaking to her. So that was another item that came up. That's another great question that the Bible doesn't give us a recording of any other animal ever speaking. And and so the only way that I can answer that biblically is that the serpent spoke. Yeah. And the serpent was a demonic um, creation of another kind, you know, um, maybe even a combination of uh, and, uh, the devil indwelling the serpent um, and being the very embodiment of the devil. But the Bible doesn't give us well, you know, there is another example. Uh, actually, as you think about it, um, yeah. there's Balaam that that spoke, but that was a say, that was yeah. a rarity. Um, yep. and, That's another one. And so, you know, I I don't it it the the evidence uh, biblical evidence doesn't really doesn't really lead to saying then the animals uh, all the animals have the ability to speak. Right, and then that brought us to our last point that we thought was interesting when he said, you know, about the serpent will crawl on his belly. So then we wondered, did he come, did he have feet? Did he have originally before this happened? Again, the Bible doesn't say specifically, but the evidence seems to indicate that it may have. Yeah, it seems like it. Yes. It must have. So those were just some things that came up, and I thought, well. So in your Bible study, did this come up? Because this is a good question, too. Yeah. Um, why wasn't Eve surprised? Yeah, that's that's what came up. That's exactly what came up. That she, that's what we wondered if they if the animals talked, um, because she's not surprised at all. Well, yeah. here's a suggestion. Yeah. Uh, I think because of the innocence and purity of living in the garden in fellowship with God, even though mm-hmm. he or she's separate from God, like um, the sin doesn't occur. Uh, until she disobeys. So the fact that she's out in the garden by herself, none of that was disobedient. Um, right. It was her, you know, beginning even adding to the word wasn't even disobedient. She just, she didn't repeat it correctly. The sin was 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 her disobedience for that tree. Um, but perhaps the innocence of the, there's such a sweetness yes. uh, in fellowship with God, there's such a sweetness that that she, you know she was easily deceived and yes. it's different for us so it's not a one to one corresponding right. because we're right. touched and tainted by sin however i have to say in some of the sweetest times of fellowship and some of the sweetest times of worship actually puts us at a vulnerable place to be deceived ourselves oh absolutely that's yeah. why people that's why people come to churches and try to take advantage of believers or uh, why pastors go after believers at another church to build on their own foundation and that kind of stuff, because it's in that sweetness of fellowship that sometimes we put our guards down and become more vulnerable than other times. Yeah, and 
I think I have even experienced that myself where I thought something was from the Lord. Yeah. yeah. And then and then it wasn't and I was just horrified. I felt like my mind had been raped. Like it was yeah. it was a thought it was from the enemy, but and then I got so rattled that then when I think I have to and then the Lord would say, you know, I he'd say you can always ask me for confirmation. Like don't you know? Because I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I, you know. And I so that, and then for a long time, I'd be rattled by that. Yes. Like, how do I know <laughs> from you, Lord? And uh, I was so unsure of what you know. How am I going to know? And that, that I think that Jesus and His patience is just like you can always ask me. For yes. So good. Well, thanks for yeah, calling. Yeah, God bless you. Yeah, tell you, tell your daughter for, I said yeah, hi. Thank you for your input, insights. I appreciate that. All righty. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. 303-690-3000 is the number. All right. We're going to go up to Fort Collins. I was just texting back and forth with Pastor Dave Pierce yesterday. Fort Collins. Stacy, welcome to the program. Oh, Stacy. I'm sorry, Stacy. We lost you. We're going to move on to line two. Is is it Ishmay? Ishmay, are you with us? Aurora, Colorado. Oh, all right. All lines are open. 303-690-3000. Hey, we're back in the book of Daniel tonight here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Uh, it's our Wednesday night midweek Bible study. So come on out. We start at seven. Our new cafe and bookstore is open now, you guys uh, might have heard last week we had a special night of hope, is what we called it, and uh, it was a special time of Bible study with Pastor Greg Glory <clears throat> and some practical insights on depression and suicide prevention by Kay Warren, the wife of Pastor Rick Warren, and they did that by video. It wasn't live. We were replaying a video from Harvest Christian Fellowship, and, and I appreciate everyone that came out. It was a glorious night. We had a packed house, and and we're just so grateful for you being here. That's archived on our app, so if you don't have our free app, that's the best way to stay in touch with us. Just go to your app store and put Calvary Ed Taylor, or I checked it. You can also just put the words Ed Taylor, and our our church app will pop up. And we did that because people have a hard time spelling Aurora, (laughs) and uh, that's okay. Uh, We made it easier for you. So uh, download our free app. You can listen to that on our app, and... I mentioned we gave out a list of resources yesterday and excuse me we gave a list of resources out last week and this last weekend at our church on discouragement depression and most of those resources are in our bookstore now we have reopened our bookstore uh, and the stock is growing steadily it's a little different uh, than our last bookstore but it is a physical bookstore with physical books and bibles and Calvary Church gear, you know, like shirts and hoodies and stuff, and hats. Uh, and uh, we've limited the stock uh, because we just, our other bookstore, uh, we had so much stuff and it just sat on the shelf all the time. So we've limited our stock to focused resources, good books for gifts and apologetics and stuff. And we're continuing to add to it. Uh, but it's open now, and uh, it's open anytime a service is open. And tonight at 7 o'clock is our midweek Bible study. We're in the book of Daniel. We're going to look at the power of music 
and how it can be used for good and how it can be used for bad. Uh, in Daniel's life, we're going to see, uh, you know, a life of no compromise. Uh, in this chapter, Daniel, it's just such a great book. He's so encouraging to me. And uh, so we'll be here at 7. Doors open around 6 or so, 6 p.m. Calvary Church is on Hampton, uh, one block east of Tower Road. We'd love to have you come out. We On Wednesday nights, it's the closest thing to Acts 2.42 that we have. We've been doing this for two and a half years or so. Um, we have communion together. We, have, we sing together. We study the Bible together. And we specifically pray together. And, and so we're, you are invited to be a part of this. <clears throat> and the resources that I mentioned are in the bookstore. They finally came in. Uh, and you know there is probably the best book I've ever read on the topic of depression. is titled Depression, Looking Up from the Stubborn Darkness. I just actually gave a copy to... I just actually gave a copy to um, everyone on staff here this morning, both for them, but also as a tool to minister to others. Because you'll remember one of the things that kicked this all off was a pastor from Harvest Christian Fellowship committed suicide. And it's just a tragedy. Suicide is just very painful. Um, and, and by the way, uh, I just use a phrase that I was taught, that I that I was I was um, taught not to use, and I want you to learn. I just learned this, and it's going to be a habit that I have to break. Um, those that have survived a suicide in someone's life, um, I actually had three people come and tell me this. Um, the preferential phrase for uh, a suicide is not to say they committed suicide. Committed suicide is a phrase that actually ties it to a criminal act. And, and it is uh, painful for survivors to hear that phrase. And all these years, I never knew that. They said it, it, it would be better for you to say they took their life by suicide. They took their own life. And, and I didn't know that. And I got it from three different people. Um, and I just heard myself use it again. So I've got to learn to break this habit. And you go, Ed, well, why would you change? You didn't mean anything bad by it. You're right, I didn't. And I never have meant, meant anything bad by it. But this is why I'm committed to change. When I hear something that's offensive to, to a group of people, I want to reach those people and encourage those folks. I don't want to continually offend them. And I believe it's an application of what the Bible says to become all things to all people. And even if you look at it and you go, well, I don't mean it that way, I believe you. I, didn't, I certainly didn't mean it that way. And the, and the ladies that came to me were not judgmental or they were very kind and very nice. Um, I've known one of them. I've known, actually, two, the two that came last Wednesday uh, used to come to the fellowship here. They're in another church now in town. And then one emailed me that I've known for, boy, I, I mean, probably 15, 20 years. And so... So I want to adapt my language that I, that, so that I don't overly offend anyone. And so to, to regroup, we, we had to restart. The, the night of hope was because a pastor at Harvest Christian Fellowship took his life. And it just opened up the channel to say, let's, let's remember to speak to this. Let's remember to open the Bible to this. Let's remember to allow uh, God to minister to this, which brings us uh, to Ishmael. And so let me get back. He's back with us. Ishmael, welcome to the program. 
So she. Um, Pastor Ed, it's, it's actually Ishmi. <laughs> Ishmi. Okay, so and now we know you're a she, and um, <laughs> I see something from uh, Frank here, but I'll let you go ahead and ask the question if you'd like. Yeah, um, I suffer from severe anxiety and depression and hypochondria. I am, you know, it's, it's bad. Um, I've okay. had to take time off work because it's just debilitating sometimes. And um, I am, I teeter-totter on faith. I'm like, okay, I'm really good at getting to church, everything. And then, then I fall from it. But I told myself, I'm like, not this time. I'm like, I am going to pray and read my Bible when things are bad. But when things are good, I'm going to pray even harder, you know? Sure. But I just, I want to get back on track. And I was just wondering, um, I did hear you were talking about a book about depression um, yes. that I am interested in getting. Um, but also, is there anything, like any specific, like, book or chapter in the Bible or anything like that that you really feel like maybe I should hone in on when I'm in, when I feel like I'm in that dark place? And like, yeah. maybe a way to get better connected. Yeah, there's actually quite a bit in the Bible that speaks to a calm mind, to the peace of God, to the comfort of God to the to the faith of God but let me speak to let me let me speak to some of some of what you feel when you when you're when anxiety and and worry and some of the things you're facing with I noticed in your responses that some of your responses is almost um, immediate activity right I want to read more I want to pray more I want to go to church more you you kind of expressed that did I hear that correctly yeah so, so let me give you something that may shock you, and and here's what here's here's what I want to offer you: that the life of abiding is actually not doing more, but doing less. Okay. And what I mean by that is that the one of the reactions that you can have that that is very beneficial for you as anxiety comes upon you is to simply surrender. And and to acknowledge to God. And this is where you pray, but you don't pray because you have to. You pray because you're in communion with the Father, and you kind of, you know, maybe even throw up your hands in the air like you're surrendering and begin to say, God, you know this coming upon my mind. You know how I don't like this, and I'm asking for your peace and your comfort. And, and, and actually, it's not, a, it's not out of a response to, to man, I, I need to, but rather a, a response of I get to. And it's and there's an amazing calmness that comes there. It's sort of like, and and I bet you you've gotten to this place where your anxiety is so overtaking you, you kind of feel like you're drowning, like you don't know you're going down. Have you felt that yeah. before? All the time. <laughs> and you know as well. I'm sure you know this illustration, and it's true. It's not untrue that when a lifeguard goes to save a person that's drowning, they don't go out right away. They've actually been trained to wait till the person stops fighting and then to grab the person and bring them out and bring them back to shore because it has been proven that when a person is going down and flailing in water and you go and try to capture them while you know hold on to them while they're flailing that there's a good chance that they're going to they're so strong that they're going to take you down with them right and that that sense of release and so as you approach you know, as you approach church, you go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find myself in church, Lord, to surrender. I'm going to open my Bible today to surrender. I'm going to pray out of surrender. And if you email me, I'll give you a bunch of scriptures that you can meditate on. And it says you're here in Aurora, so 
um, you know, we just got these books in, in, in stock. And the one that helped me the most was depression, looking up from a stubborn darkness. Okay. And, and we just got the shipment. If you want to get a, if you want to get it on Kindle, you can do that, you know, just buy it on Kindle through Amazon, get it right away. Or we have the books here now in our bookstore and we'll be open tonight. It's around six o'clock. Okay. Yeah. I'm coming to, I'm coming to the service at seven. Um, today. Okay, good. I actually am doing the, um, the Dave Ramsey thing. Oh, right on. As well. I was, so I was there last night. That <laughs> is going to so bless you. Around. I like it. <laughs> yes. So, you know, it's, it's learning a new life of surrender and trust. You know, we, we, we find ourselves trusting God that even if the circumstances around us are outside of our control, we trust God that's in control and that he'll get us through whatever we face. So we're up at the end of the show. Can I pray for you? Oh, yes, I would love that. Father, I pray for my, my friend Ishmi that as you continue to work in her life, that uh, you, would re- you would remove the anxiety you would continue to give her a peace and a calm. And just like your word says, um, you're able to give us a peace that will guard our hearts and our minds. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you too. All right. That's the end of today's program. See you tonight, 7 o'clock, studying the book of Daniel together, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. God bless you. Have a great night in Jesus. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.